0: And missions and missions director at the local church here. Uh you sent out a young missionary, Whitney Browning, uh proud of Whitney and what she's accomplishing for the awakening. Uh and for you, your prayers and your giving throughout the consistently, throughout the years that has blessed around the world. Uh I know I was looking at um your your 2019 totals were over $20,000 for world missions that we know of. I give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, and you are, you're a seven star church, which means that you give into every area, um, of missions. And you can probably cut me down up here. Got a little ring going on, a little feedback. Uh, but what that means is you're in that category that I consider that you're a legacy giving church to missions. Uh, And that's outstanding that you have made that your priority. And I applaud uh, Pastor N.R. Taylor for that uh, heart for missions because he's one of those pastors that gets it about the Great Commission. Not only is he an integral part of discipleship ministries in our conference and serves on our council, uh, but your pastor has led mission trips, Uh, he beats the drum for projects of building churches and Supporting our missionaries. And so he's one of those pastors that makes makes my job easier. And uh, so I appreciate that. And it's awesome to uh, uh, be here with him and Sarah and with you this morning. And uh, the other things that's going on in missions and evangelism is we have a church plant that we're excited about in Lewisburg. We were just there a couple Sundays ago. Gloria and I were there with Bobby Singleton, who's also a, a, a solid missions guy. And get this, he planted the church and launched right in the middle of a shutdown. (laughs) You know, how about that? Uh, But you know, God is sustaining him and helping him reach that area for Christ. He's got a uh, an excellent core group, an excellent online presence, and we're praying for him. And that's why I mentioned that. I'd love for you to pray for our church plants, for him, for Mike Gentry, and Stewart's Draft, Virginia. Uh, Arise 2033 means we want to get into the counties we're not in. Can you believe we don't have a church in Summers County? Maybe I'm speaking to someone uh, right in this congregation or on Facebook uh, where you have a desire and a call of God to plant a church. I would love to talk with you and and believe God for reaching these areas. Or you could go this way uh, over on the Virginia side, Cannon County, uh, Dickinson, Russell. I mean, I can go on and on. There's a bunch of counties we want to get in. It's, a lot of times people say, why do you want in those little counties? There's not many people. And it's because there are people there. And we want to be wherever people are with the gospel, with a relevant church that's preaching the, the word of God, just like Voice of Praise is doing. Uh, I, I'm glad N.R. made it back today because he needs to help me with the interpretation of something. Because um, this week, and I'm not given to dreams, even though I am getting to be considered an old man, uh, but I'm not a prophet nor a son of the prophet, so all those disclaimers, but so, one night this week, I'm in the midst of this real dream, you know how you have dreams and you have real dreams, you have the dreams you wake up and you remember and you're white knuckled or something's going on, I had one of those dreams and, and I was uh, jumping out of an airplane, man, I was skydiving, I've never done that in my life. Um, now I've thought about it a time or two, but I got over it. Thank God. Um, but here I was, I was, I was jumping out of airplane. Guess who was with me? <laughs> Ian R. Taylor was with me, jumping out of the airplane. And so, what? What meaneth this, brother? I don't, you eat, don't, you <laughs> <laughs> don't <you> eat pizza. <laughs> it's a pizza dream. I thought maybe it's something really deep. You know, we're going to take a leap of faith together. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway. That's not the sermon, and uh, that's not the message today at all. The message actually is found in Second Samuel chapter 23, and I want to talk to you this morning about uh, uh, life in the pits. Uh, when I say life is in the pits, you know what I mean, right? I think universally, when someone says that, it's the worst of all circumstances, we believe that you can't get any lower. I'm in the pit. Uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's that place where uh, you're surrounded with your, your walled in. It's, maybe it's dark. Uh, the vision has been constricted. Uh, it's a time of heaviness. And you think, how can I get out of here? That's what we mean by life in the pit. So I want to talk to you about someone this morning that actually jumped into a pit. Uh, there's not many of us that just voluntarily say, oh yeah, I'm all about it. Let me jump into a pit, man. Uh, but we find in the Old Testament, which is interesting, I believe the Old Testament is written that we can live out New Testament realities. And we, we find in here a great warrior of God uh, by the name of Benadiah in verse 23. Benadiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel. Who performed great exploits, he struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benadiah went against him with a club. Kind of like bringing a knife to a gunfight type situation. <laughs> Such were the, um and he, he snatched, let me, I lost my place. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benadiah, son of Jehoda. And he was famous as the three mighty men. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Father, we're thankful for the word of God this morning. We're thankful that it contains the, the truths of the Word of God, that we can apply to our lives and make it relevant, Father, in the times that we live, so that we too can be a valiant warrior for you and show up against uh, the enemy and all that would happen there. We're thankful for your anointing, your presence in this day, and this time, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is our 100th year of of sending missionaries out in the Appalachian Conference. And the story is back in in 1920, uh, our conference when we gathered together as churches, uh, those eight churches at that time in the early years of our conference decided it was time to send out one of their own. Now, they had been giving uh, for the cause of the Great Commission uh, just like you're giving, like in the global outreach offering, that tremendous offering that touches every part of the world. And so they decided, no, we need to go beyond that. We really believe there's someone in our midst that we want to be uh, prayerful and sending them out and financially do that as well. Now, that person was Laura Hilton. And I mention her because if anybody could have said, you know, my life, has been in the pits, it could have been Laura Hilton. She grew up in a small community over in Floyd County, Virginia, known as Indian Valley. It's a beautiful area, but even right now, getting there is, 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 takes a while. And when you get there, you think, man, I am really back in the woods. And so her surroundings were, were not in the sense of you would think anybody would be called to the nations from that little place in the back of those woods. But even at that, she had the hardship of she lost both parents at an early age. As a child, she became an orphan. And she overcome all of those obstacles to respond to the call of God that he had put on her heart to go to China to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now. This is the 1920s. She's not jumping on a, a jet going into Hong Kong. She's not taking uh the easy way. She doesn't have an entourage or anything. She is going by way of train from Roanoke to San Francisco, by way of steamer to Hong Kong, and doesn't know the language, doesn't know anything. But she's going because the call of God is upon her heart. Now, I, I, I I share her story because there's so many occasions in her life that she could have said, you know, I can't do this. Uh, I, I'm not able. Uh, look at my, my disposition. Look at how I came up. All of those obstacles. She could have floated out there and said, I'll just stay here and do my thing here. But no, God called her to the nations and she responded. And I was blessed as a, as a young person in the Roanoke Church to know Laura Hilton. Uh, I did an interview with her. I was 16 and she was, I think, 84. And I had to write a paper uh, about someone that was born in the 1800s. And so I have this cassette tape. I've laid it, I've now put it on uh, digital. But I've got this cassette tape of of this 16-year-old kid asking her questions. And it's astounding to hear Her wisdom and her insight in ministry. Now, so I share all of that this morning because, uh, there is no doubt an occasion in our lives in the seasons that we have been about how we can talk about being in the pits. Amen. That we just, we've, we've been through all those stages of grief with this, uh, the shutdown and we found ourselves Uh, depressed. We found ourselves angry. We found ourselves trying to, to make the deals, you know, and and just trying to deal with where we have been with this. And so as we've worked through all of this, I believe no doubt that the word of God has instructions for us this morning about how that we can be on mission for God where you are, where I am, where God has called us in, that we don't have to as a, as a people of God take this season and shrink back. We don't have to take this season and think of all the excuses about why we can't do something. We don't have to take this season and settle for just all the the guidelines and think, well, let's just wait. Now, I believe that this is prime time to serve the Lord. And we don't then have to be in a, a pit of of despair or a pit of inactivity not serving God. Now, when you look at the Bible, there is some... Uh, uh, famous folks that found themselves in a pit. So we're in good company today. If you feel like, yeah, that's, that's where I've been. Because let's be honest. As Christians, we either probably maybe are in the pits, we're coming out, or watch out. We might be getting ready to trip over and go again. So that's why it's good to know the principles of the Word of God, how that we can overcome those down times and overcome those times of confinement seemingly so that we can serve God. I mean, think about Joseph when we read about Joseph in the word of God that he was actually thrown into a pit by his two brothers. Can you, can you imagine that his brothers gathered him about and they threw him into a pit because of, of their jealousies, because of, of their inadequacies? They, they did this to him. And so there are times that we end up in these places and it's because there have been others that's really pushed us there, maybe even people close to us. The good news about this man of God is he went from the pit to the palace, but that's another sermon, how that he used those uh times in his life to keep climbing in God. Yeah. Or we could talk about Jeremiah today, how he was thrown into a pit. You know why in, in Jeremiah 38 that he was put into a A a, a hole in the ground because he dared to tell the truth to the king. He dared to speak the word of God when it was unpopular. Hallelujah. So, those close to you might throw you in there. Saying the things God wants you to say and do might get you there. Are you feeling good about this message yet? (laughs) Maybe not. But listen, Lamentations 3, gate Gives us insight into Jeremiah's heart with that. Because he said, I called on your name, O Lord, and from the depths of the pit you heard my plea. We can hear the words of Jesus Christ when he tells us, he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In in the times that we get down, in the times that we get in a a bad place. So there is hope for us. And we find that in ben Benadiah, his name actually means son of the Lord. Do I have any sons and daughters of the Lord today? That are in the house. Amen. And so Benadiah, his name means that, yes, I am a son of God. He fully identifies and said, that's who I am. Like it or not, take it or leave it. This is me, Benadiah. And he was from the tribe of Levi. And he was that uh, type of a, a priestly son of the Lord, and you find him listed in this section of Scripture among David's mighty men. This is one of my favorite sections of Scripture in the Old Testament because I just love reading about these men that took it up another notch. I mean, all you guys that like action movies, it's the Bible word, action movie, this would be your favorite part. You know, reading about these guys that did exploits, uh, for God and for their king, and you wonder about uh, these guys, and and uh, you think about what attracted uh, them to David, uh, and and just knowing that in David's resume was a giant killer, and so I believe that they responded to David because he was not afraid. They responded to David because he didn't mind to take. Take the offensive. He didn't mind to say, let's, let's go, let's go get him boys, you know? He was on the, that type of offensive warrior type spirit that attracted those type of men around him. And so we see in scripture all these guys listed and, and here that, uh, our champion that we're reading about today, he is one who defeats two of Moab's best men. He kills a lion in a pit and an Egyptian with his own spear. Not bad. Uh, any one of those would get you there, you know? And so when I, I think about this guy, I, I like him already. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I love Rocky movies, okay? That's my confession today. Uh, I, I love Rocky movies, and in college we would we'd go around quoting our favorite lines from from uh, the Rocky movies there, and, and on the weekends sometimes the they showed them there on campus and, and one of the scenes, uh, Adrian, everybody know who Adrian was? Rocky's wife? No, Adrian, right? Um, uh, they, she asked Rocky, why do you fight? And Rocky responded, I'll do away with uh, Sylvester Salone, uh, trying to mimic Rocky, um, voice. And, uh, he says, cause I can't sing or dance. And, uh, that's a cool response because Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky, and he starred in the movie, and it was filmed in 1976. And it won the Best Picture that year. He went on to make the other movies, and that whole franchise of the Rocky movies earned $1.4 with with a B. So, not bad uh, to be uh, an out-of-luck fighter. One of the other quotes that is in the movies that I want to share with you is, It's It ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now that's not scripture today. But it sounds like good advice. Because we all get hit hard in life. It's going to happen. It's going to happen multiple times. It may happen multiple times in a day. But the key is realizing, okay, that's going to happen. But I have to determine, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm not going to choose defeat. I'm not going to let the enemy win or get the upper hand in my life. And when you look at this passage, this is what I see in this passage is there are principles... That I want to share with you this morning, that are vital for you to fight your way out of the pit. They're vital for us as the people of God to take that forward-leaning offensive posture in our world today. We are in a in a in a time in a season that is vital for us, for the people of God, to take their place in the world. Yes. That we can no longer. Slouch back, we can no longer wait on someone else to do it. You and I, each of us, have to take our place as a warrior for Jesus Christ in our world today. There was a time, I believe, that we were in a place of compromise, a place of complacency, a, a place of just kind of going along. But no longer can we afford to be that place as the believers in Jesus Christ. We're talking about eternal destinies that are being determined in this in this time and in this place. We're talking about a spiritual warfare to the likes of the level that I have not seen in this country in my life. And I'm not the oldest one in the room, but probably a lot of folks would say that. That we have challenges before us. And since we have these challenges, I want you to see that as a type and a pattern, Benadiah serves us as that warrior of the son of and daughters of God that I want to be. And I want you to be challenged that way. Because the first thing that I see in this man of God is he has no fears. That he was a valiant man of God that only thing he feared was that he feared God. And you see, the importance of that realization is that faith replaces fear in your life. That those two can operate at the same time. That it will either be fear that motivates you and causes you to respond, or it will be faith that will motivate you and cause you to respond. But they will not be mixed. When we read the Word of God... We understand, in fact, that it is perfect love that casts out fear. That when you receive Jesus Christ and His new nature, His character, His mindset, His anointing, His stance, you realize that you are not afraid of the devil. You are not afraid of the fears of this world. You are not afraid of what man can do, what he can say, because the only one you fear, the only one you serve is God. Now, somewhere along the way, we can get talked out of that. We can wake up one morning, and we can listen to a newscast, We can receive a text or a call, and it can immediately move us off of faith if we allow that. That's why it's so vital that every day, multiple times a day, we renew our mind with the Word of God. Can I just be honest with you right here? That it's affected us all, no doubt. It affected me during this season that I found myself, man, I'm just, why am I depressed? You know, why do I just feel like I'm listless? And uh, the first thing I had to do was to shut off the news. I had to shut off the voices that were the ones causing the fear, you know? I mean, they were not bringing faith into my life at that point. And I, I went back to what doing that I should have been doing, that I had gotten away from. I started going back. And not just reading the word, but memorizing the word. Hiding the word of God in my heart. And I noticed a course change of my heart. It was like taking the rudder and moving it back to true north. You know. Got, I got off, you know. But the word began to swing me back around and and point me in a place where I you know, I like this guy. Thank you for that Holy Spirit. Thank you that you care enough for your sons and daughters to put us on track with you. That we don't have to walk uh, 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 battered and beaten by our environment, by our circumstances, by the devil. We don't have to put up with it, people. And ben I think, was one of those guys. I'm not putting up with it. Two guys from Moab, you giving lip to... Against God, well, come on, let's let's go. You know, uh, I, you know, I don't know the circumstance. Don't give us the backstory, but we find his willingness to fight. That's the second thing. The first thing, he had no fear. The second thing is he had a willingness to fight. It's one thing to talk about a fight and act like you're going to fight. I've been around people like that, and you. But it's another thing that you're going to take it to somebody. Now, sitting in the notes and things pop up and sometimes I probably should leave it. But anyway, uh, I grew up, my dad wasn't a Christian. My mom's a Christian. And, uh, so my dad's course of action whenever things wasn't going right and he could find somebody to blame, he was going to fight them. I mean, that was just who he was. And so he, his advice to me, uh, when I, Went to school and said, now, let me tell you, if, if somebody bothers you, you just get a brick and hit him upside the head. I mean, that was just his advice to me, you know? Um, and so, you've gotta, is that in your, I'm not advocating that in the national, by the way, this <laughs> disclaimer on the tape, um, but I am advocating that in the spirit, because, listen to me clearly, what we're seeing, what we're going through, is is not a flesh and blood thing. It never is. We we are waging warfare with the powers and principalities, just like Paul said in Second Corinthians. And so, it's not. If you're in Virginia, it's not our governor. Uh, if if you're in California right now, it's not your governor. Whoever you want to name, uh, somebody at your employment. You know, I don't know who who you feel needled by right now, but I'm just telling you, they are not your problem. Your problem right now is the devil. Your problem is the one who hates your soul, the one who has put powers and principality over regions and and, and is causing what's causing division in America. What's causing division in our church? It's it's not these things you know this is not our problem we can get a lot of debate on social media about these things or about any guidelines or this but i want to tell you don't focus on that the focus needs to be on taking it to the one that's causing division Our response should be, listen to me this morning, is to seek unity at all costs in the body of Christ. Don't let the devil divide you from your brother or sister over a stupid mask, over a stupid guideline, or whether you're going to hug or shake or just high-five in the air. Don't let this define us in this moment. This is the time to say, I respect where you're at. But let me tell you, there's bigger things happening in our world that we can agree on. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a, it's, it's about souls. And so this is where our fight is. And so Benadiah was willing to fight because he had a, a, a warry spirit. Now, where you, this is where you enter the pit with your mind made up. And and this is where, Benadiah, you know, faced the lion. Uh, when he faced outnumbered, he fought. When he fought, with conditions were not right. When he fought, when he had nothing to fight with. This is the kind of guy I'm telling you about that I'm saying spiritually. We want to emulate this morning, but in the word play, uh, the Bible describes these two men from Moab in the original language as lion like that these two that he encountered and so we could say this morning that uh when the devil sends out his best uh when he sends out uh a multitude against you or or or, 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 or you feel outnumbered we could say that from this passage that that they are no match to the son and daughter of God who are on mission from God. Who stand in the armor of God. Who fall under the anointing of God. These two from Moab and, and this is, look at this thing. Because Moab is a picture of the flesh throughout scripture. Uh, this people uh, originated uh, because of a, a drunken encounter of Lot and his two daughters. And so birthed was Amnon and Moab. And so Moab is the enemy that we all face. The flesh. The world, flesh, and the devil. And that's the one that we don't like to admit to. But there's some bad things that happen to godly people through the doorway of the flesh. And here was those two fleshly characters coming against who is the Son of God. What does He do? He takes it to Him. He defeats and destroys the flesh in His life. We could look at some other things. Romans 8 tells us that that the mind governed by the flesh is death. But by the Spirit, it's life and peace. The power of the Word. We can look at Benadiah how he turned around the fight with the Egyptian. When the Egyptian, who also is a figure of the world, world in Scripture, where Moab was the flesh, the Egyptian represented the world. Here comes this figure... Uh, of the world with a spear. Now, what I love about this example in Scripture is that Benadiah defeated him by turning his own weapon against him. Does that sound like no weapon formed against you shall prosper to you? Yeah. That when the world comes against you with its weapons, that there is a God in heaven that can back you up and, and, and turn around what was meant for harm and evil against you, that you can defeat the world in your life. That can happen, and it does happen, to the man or woman of God that will take him at his word and use the sword of the Spirit against the world and against the flesh. So here we are. But maybe you're thinking right now, you know what? Pastor Larry, this is really all that and cool, and whatever. But I just can't be that kind of guy or gal. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit above where I'm at. And uh, I want you to just take a minute, a minute though, to think about where Benadiah came from. Uh, when you read the backstory, he was part of the group of guys that came to the cave of Adullam. Now, when you read the story about when David was fleeing and, and he was in, in the cave, which, you know, the cave's really kind of like a, you, you can imagine like a pit too. That those that were gathered to him, and this would have been a diet too, because that's, he, he was part of that, that they were described as men who were in distress, in debt, and in discouragement. Hallelujah. How many of you have been in one of those three or all three at one time or other or even, even this morning? That you could say, man, you're talking about problems. I'm I'm in distress, got the debt, and I'm discouraged. But the, the the good news is that they didn't stay that way. David didn't stay in the cave. All of of these that we read about in this passage, and you can go back in this context and read about them, they pushed the envelope forward. They said, "We're we're not going to stay back and just wait to see what happens, but no, we're going to go forward and take the fight to the enemy." Now, this is the the Church of Jesus Christ that that I know. That this this is where. Uh, you know, you can read about Jesus when they beheaded John the Baptist and they were looking for his reaction. Do you know what Jesus did? He took the fight in prayer. He fit all night in prayer. That next day, he went in is the city and he healed them all, the Bible says. That's taking the fight to the enemy. He, he didn't choose to react in a carnal, fleshly way when uh his... uh Cohort in in ministry, who is his forerunner, was killed by the, the enemy government. He didn't create a protest movement. He didn't create a march. He went to the throne of the Father God. He made petition. He said, I know my purpose. I know why I'm here. I know why God has raised me for this time. And then he activated on faith and he destroyed the works of the devil. That's the church. And that's what he's called us to. Hmm. Finally, to me the most revealing part of this passage is when old Ben climbed down into the pit on a snowy day on top of it to kill a lion. Who does that? Why do that? You know? Uh, pick a better day, at least. Find you a friend or two, at least. Um, wait till you've got something that'll reach out before you get to the bottom of the pit to take care of that line. But I don't read none of that. Um, I read about the man of God overlooking that one swipe of the Against his skull, it would have crushed it. Uh, The roar of the lion that could be heard for multiple miles away didn't intimidate him or cause him to not jump into the pit. All of the things that uh, we would think would cause him to be in his senses, in his right mind, they didn't prevail. And again, what was happening? I maybe maybe the the story was this lion was terrorizing the area, and maybe he had killed an unsuspecting farmer in a field, or I don't know, but they dug a pit to trap the lion. It was successful. Now what? It seems like Menadi had the answer to the now what? Because rather than wait when conditions were better, rather than wait when he had spears or stones or whatever, he jumped down. The Son of the Lord jumped down. And this is the key. I believe he faced his fears. Because it's easy for us to Sometimes set in church or set in the right conditions and we all feel strong. We all feel I'm coming forward. But when it comes time to face the lion and confront the fear that the devil has been multiplying in your eyes, it's easy to wither away. And I'm telling you this morning, by the power of God, that it's time for you to confront your fears. Whatever it is. It may be fear of lack. It may be fear of the future. Fear of health going away. Fear of of the insecurities. Of of the, the fragility of life. I don't know. You can. There's so many. We could name. And I believe right now that. They're coming in front of your mind's eye. This is what I'm saying to you this morning. Listen closely. Is that it's time for you to stop running away from that. It's time for you to stop running away from the way the devil has positioned you in a place of being ineffectual and not strong in the power of his might. Of God's might. It's time to jump down into the pit. That thing that you dread... It's time to confront it in Jesus' name and rebuke it with the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And realize that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Can I get an amen? I believe that. Amen. That's the truth of the Word of God. That when we not only can quote that, but when we can walk that out and activate that in our life, that we together... You specifically can climb out of the pit victoriously having defeated the lion. You see, it's important for you to know this morning that Jesus also went into a pit to defeat a lion. He did. The devil goes about roaring as a lion, intimidating the saints, causing fear, chaos, and havoc. But Jesus overcome the devil. In fact, He went into the pit of hell and He confronted the devil. He defeated the devil for you and I because when He descended, And He was crucified on the cross. The devil killed an innocent man. So Jesus, without sin, without blemish, the perfect Lamb of God, when He descended in to the pit of hell and confronted that toothless lion known as the devil, He could grab the keys of death held the grave because the devil no longer had any authority. He had no longer had any position to keep those. Jesus Christ willingly dove into the pit for you and I. And can I tell you this morning that he came out victorious from that pit. He didn't stay there. He rose triumphant over the grave and he is alive forevermore. And now he has that same authority to give to you the sons of God. You, the daughters of God, to go forth in His power and His might. Hallelujah. Jesus overcome the pit because hell could not hold him. And I want to tell you through the blood of Jesus Christ, the devil cannot defeat you either. That you don't have to stay in, you know, I think if you've got to say the only positive thing about a pit is it causes you to look up. If you can think anything positive all about being in the despairs of life and in the, and to say, you know, my life is to the pits. Well, I'm telling you this morning, then look up for your redemption draws nigh. If you will realize that there's been one that did exactly what Benadiah did, he dove down and defeated the lion, so that you don't have to stay in debt, distress, or discouragement, just like he did in his life. He decided, no, oh, I'm not going to fear uh, what the, the enemy can do. I'm not going to, to lay back and wait for something to happen. I'm going to take uh, the word. Uh, I believe this is... Uh, this is how David trained his men. He tells them, listen boys, when I face the giant, this is what I did. I ran to that giant and I said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. When you come in the name of Jesus Christ, you come in the power and authority of heaven. I'm thankful this morning that you can claim that victory. That Paul knew that victory in Ephesians 3. He said, according to the exodus of the power that works within us. Paul preached that power. Peter received that power. Paul asked the Ephesian believers if they had received that power since they had believed. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in the days that we live. And so I want to come back and say, no, the mask isn't our enemy. The government isn't our enemy. Whoever you want to put in the blanks on our enemy. What should we be doing? It's not divide against one another. What we need to be doing right now. And you may have a different opinion, but I'm not going to protest. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to protest, I'm going to praise. I believe what God's called the church to this hour right now is that we need to move in prayer. And I'm not talking just a lay-me-down-to-sleep kind of prayer. I'm talking about concerted, concerted prayer by the, the body of Christ that will wage warfare against the powers and principalities that have been unleashed upon this country and this world right now. Could it be? Could it be? That the devil, since his time, is short? Could it be? Then what should we be doing? We should be proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Be ready. Be watchful. Stand in the place of the watchman and pray and cry out, The King is coming! The King is coming! The King is coming! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! No, I'm not going to show up at the courthouse and protest right now. I believe what we should do is show up at the courthouse and lead a praise concert. Gloria's showing me these videos of all the thousands gathered on the beaches of California praising God. Because her governor said you can't sing. Well, how about that? We're gonna go outside and we're gonna praise God. We're gonna baptize them into the ocean. We're gonna preach the gospel to those who come and wanna be saved. I believe this is our finest hour church. This is what we're called to do. We know what to do. Let's do it. Let's believe in the power of the Word of God. Benadiah was that kind of believer. And I conclude with this. Is that he was the type that David saw in him. What I just shared with you. Because he was the only one that was put in the charge of his own protection. The charge of his bodyguard. He was the secret service. You don't get to be the secret service unless you have a devotion and a love for the king. Is that another peeled back aspect of who he is? Who you are to be? Who I want to be? I want to be in the bodyguard of my king. I want to have a devotion and protect the name of my king. My king, who is it? It's King Jesus. That's who I serve. That's who I, I long for. That's who I'm standing here proclaiming that Jesus Christ loves you and Jesus Christ has a better plan for your life. If you're not experiencing a plan right now, he's got the plan for you. Will you bow your heads with me? I like musicians to come. And Lord, we come to you in prayer. Thanking you, Father, that the word of the Lord has been proclaimed. That word of freedom. That word of liberty. And God, if there are those this morning, either uh, through means of social media or through right here in this setting, that need that word of liberty. That they want to come out of the pit. That this day, this moment, that they will be delivered in Jesus' name. And if that's you... Will you just raise your hand if you're here in the sanctuary? You're in the pit and you want to be delivered this morning from that pit. You just say, that's me, Pastor Larry. If you're on social media, just indicate that before the Lord. Because He's the one right there with you. He's everywhere. There's no distance. There's no constraint. And today, if you feel discouraged, if you're down, if you feel the walls closing in upon you, the good news is that Jesus Christ kicked the ends out of the grave. You don't have to stay where you're where you're at, but you can be lifted up. And I believe that right now. I'd like for you to, to stand if you're here in the sanctuary. And I want us to pray together. With your heads bowed again. If you have a special need upon your heart. No matter what it is. This is the time. This is the place. To indicate that before the Lord. And you just simply raise your hand up. I've got a special need pastor. Yes. Amen. Yes. God knows all about these. God knows about these. And while we're. Here before him. I want you. If you feel led we can space it out enough we need to if you want to come and receive prayer you can come be anointed be prayed for the pastor come pray with you man we need each other we need the power of prayer we need the power of agreement if you've got a special need hallelujah 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 and so right now, Father, again, we lift our voice to You. Those who have indicated their special needs, that, God, You know them very intimately. You know that which has been on their hearts. And I pray that right now they'll lift that before You and receive that release that they need. That, God, that, that any fear that they have been battling, any lies from the devil that has caused confusion that has caused them to be constrained and and pushed back and and pushed down into the, the pit of life, that God, that right now that they will receive the power, the unction from the Holy Spirit to quicken them and to cause them to look up and know their redemption is drawing nigh. And then, Lord, that You will cause us all... Lord, to realize that you have put in us, as sons and daughters of God, your nature. So there is no fear in love. And so we come against fear in Jesus' name. We bind it and rebuke it. that it be broken off of your people. that it be broken off, Father, of the body of Christ. Let us move forward with faith. Let us move forward with power. God, let us right now reclaim uh, the, the territory that we've given up. Let us go forward, Lord, and, and claim Father's souls for the kingdom of God. Let us push back the the, the kingdom of darkness who's come to seal liberties, who've come to sow discord, who've come to sow rebellion, who've come to sow uh, racial discord. We rebuke the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We pray that we will, will use us to be a voice of hope. Use us as the body of Christ. Use us individually, God, to be a voice of salvation through no other name that can be named but Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to heal the divisions. Help us, God, to walk together in unity. God, help us, Lord, to cast out devils and to see open uh, eyes open, to see miracles, signs, and wonders in these days. Because, God, we believe that it's days that we should be watchful, and waiting, ready for Your appearing. And so God, we're thankful for that. We receive it together, and we call it done. Bless this pastor, bless this church, the seeds they have sown into ministry in this region. God, I pray for the harvest. The seeds they sown around the world. I pray for the harvest that it be come to their account, Father. May they be watchful and wait, waiting, just as a farmer has planted seed and speaketh over it and see the the harvest come forth. May this church receive it from the north, south, east, and west, God. That your house may be filled, and we thank you for it. And God's people said, "Amen." Thank you so much for receiving the word. Uh, What a delight to share with you this morning.